And we are back from Othello. I think I have Nick on the line. Nick, are you with us? I am home safe and ten. Yeah, Justin? I'm here. Jesse? I am here. I made it through. Any recouping to do? Did you guys did you guys have fun last week? Yeah. Heck yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, dude. I gotta tell you, man, that that took it out of me. That was a fun event. But man, did it take me a while to get back to normal on the way after I got home. But uh, I got what just with your routine or what? You know, yeah, it's just all the traveling, and I got to admit, I did get a little lit up one of the nights. <laughs> <laughs> Would that happen to be the night that we showed? I up? I think so. Yeah, I think I was pretty lit up that night, and then I did get kind of you know relatively lit up the second night, and then the the. The last two nights I didn't drink much, so it no, is that was that was quite the uh the entrance when we got there. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, yeah, right. man. Hey. Here we're thinking everyone's gonna be asleep. What do we roll up at like one AM, Nick? Yeah, something like <laughs> that. And we're like, all right, we need to wrench. We've got shit to do. <laughs> we're gonna buckle down and get her done so we can fly the next morning. And let's see, Dan, Dieter, Patrick. Oh yeah. Who else roll roll into the freaking uh, camper just completely lit up. Completely lit up. <laughs> Annihilated. They just walk right yeah. in, sit down, and it was like, <laughs> it was a who could talk the loudest competition. It was. You all were freaking winning. I just remember being so stoked and excited to see those cyclone blades. Dude, look at these blades. Did you see those things, dude? Did you see the curve? I remember that. I don't remember much after that, but I do remember that. And I went to bed. And all's well that ends well. And I woke up, and I got some flying in this weekend. I had a good time. And I got to tell you, it just it feels good to be victorious. I don't care the circumstances behind the win, oh, but it feels oh, good. Oh, man. Seriously? <laughs> Come on, You got a now. plaque hanging up? I, you know, I was about to pay you a compliment about We're- how your flying is improved, and you're busting some moves, and you, you pull this shit on <laughs> <laughs> oh come on now it's all in good fun let it be known it as be i known. said before that dan won because i had a servo that failed excuses are like assholes man everybody got one and they stink mine smells like roses does your smell like roses <laughs> so what I the like hell man? this is headed it's <laughs> like, getting a little awkward it's getting yep. awkward so have you guys been getting any flying this week since uh, the, the nope. big event? Nope. I'm still trying to find all the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's Nick's had a rough week. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. That that, that went in so freaking hard. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. When everyone on the flight line, like, it, it hit. You know what? Fifty feet out, forty, fifty feet yeah, out, yeah, something like that. And it we was all close enough to feel it. Wow, <laughs> that, that was the key. When you hit hard enough, where everyone 
kind of bounces up a little bit. Well, and there's that, that tone that a 90 makes, that thud oh. when it hits. It's like you know that just went in really hard. Yep, that was it too. And I missed it. I was up on the other end of the flight line, I think, messing around with some FPV stuff. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I was on the other end. I don't know what I was doing. Oh, yeah. yeah you didn't actually get to see it, did I didn't you, get dude? to see it. No, I, I, I saw someone said, oh, Nick must have crashed because I saw you and Justin out there picking up pieces. and pieces. <laughs> I saw you doing the, the you know, the, I guess, it's, I don't know what it's called, the. Kind of the head down, looking like walking. The walk of shame. Uh, you're walking around in circles. You know, it's like you got to lay out the grid so you can see no, where you've searched. Just flying a minute ago. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And it was one of those. Um, it was one of those sort of like mystery things where you get it and you're still sort of high on the adrenaline after having just crashed. You look at it and you're like, eh, it'll be okay. A couple of <laughs> couple of nicks and and, oh. and bruises, and then you get it back to the bench and like, oh, that broke. Yep. And then you get it back into the camper and you're like, oh, oh. dude, screw it. <laughs> and that's basically where Nick decided to throw it in the corner and just just leave it yep. <laughs> for the rest of the weekend. It's like I'm done. Isn't that Re-kit. a re-kit. Isn't that horrible when you first crash and you're like you're looking at it like, eh, just the typical stuff. This isn't a big deal, like you're saying. And then yeah. you start taking it apart and all of a sudden. You start the list just grows and grows. Oh, and grows. dude, that's the first time I have ever broken like internal structural components. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> pinion support, like you got your pinion support bearing. That the holder, that aluminum block, I I broke that. That thing like split open. Yeah. Yep. Both frames. The whole chili dog, Chuck. <laughs> oh, that sucks, dude. <laughs> So what have you been, I mean, you, you got home, you guys made it home safely on, uh, I guess, Sunday. You guys made it, made it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what what you been doing since, man? Been, uh, are you guys getting excited? A lot of work happening, a lot of, uh, a lot of movement going around, trying to get ready for our fun fly. Have you guys been working on that? What have you been doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of trying to wrap up all the advertising stuff and, and banners that kind of consume the first part of the week and. And then I'd come down and I'd stare at my crap sitting on the table. Because I keep in mind, I went with two flying helicopters and came home with no flying helicopters. I haven't even dealt with that nitro yet. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. We'll see. That was even more spectacular. Yeah. You know, okay, this is pretty funny. uh, I know everyone's going to get a kick out of this, and I'm not going to say what brand. Just because. Just because I can. <laughs> so you want to know when you officially have a problem? This is when you know you have a problem. You go to a fun fly with two flying 90-class helicopters, okay? You proceed to uh, crash the first one. Not my fault, by the way. I just need to put that out there. Uh-huh. You crash the first one. So that that's kind of a downer. The second one, it's a nitro, and you know, as much as we love the nitros, they they PMS sometimes, <laughs> and, and so that one was having one of those weekends where there was absolutely nothing that was going to make that engine run right. Oh, dude! <laughs> yeah, I, it was, was to brutal. the point I was and so he pissed. tried everything. Yeah, and I just got mad at it, and I was like, "Well, we're going to blow it up because I just don't care." I wanted to shoot some autos. 
And it did not matter if the motor blew up. As long as they got the helicopter, as long as it ran enough to get it to the top of the auto, that's all I cared. <laughs> nice. And I figured, uh, maybe I'll get four or five and then it'll blow up and that'll be okay. And that I would have, I was mentally prepared for that. Uh, well, I got a little, <laughs> I got a little greedy with, uh, some inverted blade scraping autos in the grass. Like I kind of forgot that that grass there's really short. Don't do, don't try and cu- cut the grass on inverted autos with short grass. <laughs> go for tail blades. Yeah. With the tail, go for yeah. something at least like an inch and a half to two inches long. Don't go for that putting green grass. Oh dude, it was spectacular. It's kind of like oh, cement, yeah. isn't it? If when you it could imagine that. like one second, <laughs> the heli is there. And the next second, it has been entirely consumed by the ground. <laughs> that is what happened. It sucked it up big time. Yeah. Yeah. But that was all right. So so now I'm out. Like, I'm out. I got nothing. And that was, what was that, Saturday evening? Yeah. That was Saturday evening, yeah. Yeah, Saturday evening. I got nothing. I had, had flying-wise, a horrible weekend. Uh, just fought and fought and fought. I, I don't even think I did one flight that was actually just go out, have fun and enjoy, which really stinks because that's what the Othello Fun Fly is all about. Right. I mean, uh, you know, there's no politics, no, you know, you're not really repping anything or you're just there flying, having fun. Yep. So I was <laughs> so pissed I bought a helicopter. <laughs> 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 and we recorded the show Saturday night, and then I stayed up until 4 a.m. Yeah. And built it, <laughs> put it together, and flew it on Sunday. Yes, you did. That is hardcore. That is hardcore. That is that is hardcore, yeah. So how, was, how many flights did you get in on Sunday before you had to pack up and go home? One. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that's worth not, it, right? That's not the important part. That is, that's right. That's not the important part. It was absolutely yeah. worth it. Hell yeah. As hey, long yeah. as you're okay with it, dude, that's all that counts. I needed a backup, and that was the best. I mean, yeah, I was really frustrated. I was really down. I was kind of bagging on, you know, what we were, like, working on and what I, you know, these guys are just, to all you listeners, uh, I got to give major props to to Justin and Jesse because they sat there and listened like good friends to me, you know, F these guys, F these guys. <laughs> I, there I was were ha- a couple of F-bombs. I was having one of those moments where it, you know, I did not want to be involved in anything and uh, I'm selling everything and screw, screw all this. And I had a minor mental breakdown. I was very calm, but nonetheless, and, huh. and it just kind of made me realize, wow, uh, it wasn't, you know, that wasn't the reason for my frustration. The frustration was that I couldn't fly. Right. And so I, I decided you to remedied go. it. Remedied it, 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 it. I did. Yeah. There it just, go. for me, I got to have three. I have to have three helicopters. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. So how about you, uh, Jesse, what, uh, your weekend was good. You had a good time. No crashes this weekend for you. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah, no crashes for me, so that was good. Bringing home all my helis in flying condition. That's that's kind of rare, isn't it? Doesn't generally something go uh, in at a fun fly for you? Yeah, not, no. No, it's he about, it's about 50, squeaks 50, away. 50. Yeah? yeah, it's about 50-50 usually. Well, that's good, I guess. Um, yeah, and I and I did get in a lot of 
I think I got in quite a few flights this weekend. So it was, it ended up being a, unlike Nick, a really good flying weekend. Just a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, hanging out with everyone, getting to see everyone fly. And, but you made it home and you got back to work. How's work treating you? Oh, it's already starting to feel like a job, you know, <laughs> <laughs> two, two weeks in and I'm like, oh man, waking up at 520 sucks. <laughs> Ooh. Did you get any yeah. flying in this week or is it just? I did. Did you? So, wow. So like where I'm working, I can work four nines and then four hours on Friday. So I oh. get out of work at 11 on Friday. So today threw all my heli stuff in the truck and on my way home from work, swung by the field and got in 10 flights. Nice. You know, tuning the nitro a little bit, getting the head dialed in, getting the gov dialed in. Yeah. Just trying to make sure everything is, you know, ready to go for a couple weeks. Nick, did you get any flying in this week? Uh, you no. Know? No. Yeah. No, just got got too busy wrapped up, but I'm headed out uh, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yep, just I got I got a bunch of stuff to do on Saturday, and but got a new uh, camera stabilizer, so I think me and Jessica are gonna get try and get out on Sunday. If all goes well, and just kind of mess around. Sweet. Anything else going on this week, uh, Jesse? Not really. Just looking forward to this this weekend. Like Nick, hopefully get out, get some more flights in. So. That leaves us with Justin, the jackhammer who lived up to his nickname. Yeah, I, I did, saw, didn't I? I saw it. I saw a few of them. Dude, I had a ton of fun oh, at Othello. Dude, it was awesome. I uh, I mean, it was great. I got a ton of flights in, at least for me. I, you know, I got there and I said to myself, screw this crap. I'm not going to get hung up in anything. I'm not going to get, you know, crazy about anything in general. I'm just going to fly. And if I don't feel like flying one of the helis, I'm going to put it down and it's not going to get any flight time. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was a blast. I mean, hanging out with all the guys was cool. Got uh, quite a few flights on the electric and the nitro and the gasser. You know, worked on some tuning for the gas or for the nitro and gasser. I think I got the nitro tuning nailed. I was actually pretty pleased with how it was pulling. That man, that 3DS engine just pulls like a freaking freight train. <laughs> awesome. I, it had been so long since I'd flown nitro that I I wasn't sure honestly what to expect because I'm you know I'm used to the electric and and the somewhat unique power delivery of the gasser. And the gas is not like that, unique as in yeah. worse as in, or as in weak is that as in no, the gas no, 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 it's just it, it, you guys know the gasser is a 13 pound heli, right? right. right. It, it, it doesn't feel like really any other heli out there. It at least to me, it, it doesn't make a difference whether you put bigger blades on it. What you do, it, a gasser flies like a gasser. That's all I can say. It's got power, but the the 3DS on my nitro man that thing felt poppy like an electric, you know, coming off of the mid range and getting into the high. It was like, holy crap, this yeah. thing is pulling hard. So I, I had a blast with the nitro. And, and I, I think I'm, I'm going to say of the three that I was flying that weekend, I had the most fun with the nitro kind of just like getting back to it and reconnecting with sort of the nitro roots, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. uh, it was. It was more than a little aggravating when I went to spool up for a flight. I think, what was that, like Saturday afternoon, Dan? Yeah. Dan and I had been flying back and forth. I mean, you know, like everyone else said, this is a laid back 
fun fly. No one's flipping out or getting all dramatic and crap. So, you know, Dan and I basically commandeered a flight station. We rolled up there, put our helis down, and we're doing back-to-back flights. So he lands after his flight. I go and put the nitro out there, get it started, and uh, go to spool it up. And just as it starts getting light on the skids, it tips hard left and (laughs) drives into the ground. Like, didn't even get off the ground. And it turns out that I think I had a a failed Hyperion servo. That's the last one. No, I haven't. I haven't checked it, but I'm pretty confident that that's the case. So, uh, yeah, that was the end of my nitro flying for the for the uh, for the fun fly. And, it, you know, yeah, yeah it, it was a lot of fun. I did see you get a lot of flights in this weekend, dude. You did fly a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to. I mean, again, I'm just catching up with you guys. You guys get a ton of flights in for every one or two flights that <laughs> I get. So as as much as I feel like it was a lot of flying, it was probably just everyone else's regular week. But I, I had fun. It was great. Absolutely. Didn't let the apple cider bite me in the ass. It, I am personally <laughs> proud of that. It only I take, even had a sip, dude. I did, too. I had a sip. Yep. And um, <laughs> I did. And I said, this is good. I remember you, <laughs> but I am not going to do it again. We are not going to have a long talk tonight, Mr. Nope. Apple Cider. That's and, and, you know, did were you guys did you guys see the other like the sort of new apple cider sort of thing that they came up with now where it's like apple cider with uh that fireball whiskey yeah so it's like spicy yeah. apple cider what it was the it was like i don't know angry fire, balls fiery <laughs> rectum or something i don't know yeah. what it was <laughs> phil's girlfriend called it angry balls oh, okay yeah that's but yeah this this week has been pretty crappy i mean i've got helis to fly at work uh during lunch but it's pretty much been rainy the entire week yeah and it doesn't look like this weekend is going to be much different so i'm a little jealous that nick and jesse are going to be able to get out for sure on sunday drive your ass up there and fly with them dude i'd love to but i got family in town Uh, so we'll we'll be doing the you know hanging out with the the baby thing and well, I started off, I went to uh, Dieter's last Wednesday, and I hung out there, and then Thursday morning, he and I, well, my plan was to be there early Thursday. That wasn't Dieter's plan, obviously. So we ended up <laughs> showing up way later. Yes, I'm blaming it on Dieter. I was shocked. When I pulled around the corner at Othello, you know, you're driving down the road to get to the field, and we looked down over on the flight line, and I said to myself, holy shit, look at how many people are there already. I was shocked. There were a lot of people there. Weren't a lot of spots available. And so we got there, and uh, I was, you know, I was trying, I was having problems. I mentioned, I guess, a week or a couple weeks ago, one of my nitros just couldn't get it started. After that last big crash, I put, got it back together, but I never got it started. Turns out that motor was just shot. Shot beyond. Done. Done. Nick saw it. It was worn out, wasn't it? It was worn out. It was a. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for compression? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like throwing a sausage down a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I got to walk right past that one. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Hooker, what? <laughs> so I was struggling with that uh, Thursday and then. And then Friday as well, and then I had to switch motors out, got it flying Friday afternoon, 
which then led to numerous flights uh, that evening and then Saturday. I got a couple of flights in on Sunday. And I want to, you know, Justin and I have kind of been poking fun at each other about this little competition that we had. It wasn't a real competition. I'm sure most of you realize that. Uh, I, you know, it's just kind of a little fun thing that we've been doing. But it was kind of weird how, you know, I'm standing out there flying and then I'd put a flight in and then Jesse comes running out. Okay, so this is it. This is the judging flight. And so Justin's <laughs> like, all right, all right, bitches. I mean, he's going to he's gonna show us. And he goes to spool up and I'm like, oh, here we go. And his heli just kind of went. And I was like, <laughs> Jesse, they're all standing around. Justin's helicopter, they're all scratching their heads, wondering what's going on. And I looked at Jesse and I said, dude, that means I won <laughs> by default. <laughs> Not, yeah. oh, is, is your heli okay? No, none, <laughs> so, none of that. Jesse's like, you did it, dude. <laughs> so, there is no question that Justin's a better flyer than I am, for those who are actually wondering. But that's being said, I'm very happy with my progression. Dude, you're kicking some serious butt, man. The 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 yeah. Curtis Youngblood tail stand yeah. takeoff? <laughs> man. I mean, when when you, purpose, when you I mean, don't seriously. actually come within like millimeters of toe picking. But it. see, here's the deal. Did you notice? Jesse noticed. I didn't just overreact and yank the sticks. I just you're sm- right. I smoothly pulled it out. I mean, I thought it was going in. That's why I didn't yank the sticks. I guess maybe because I well, what's the point if, if I yeah, find it? It's going to go worse. harder. Hey, it didn't <laughs> yeah. go in, which means that it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had the heli that low to the ground at that speed ever. I mean, it literally in that was, and not crashed. <laughs> and not crashed. Yeah. I mean, it's been that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll also, tell you another yeah. thing about Dan's flying, this dude would rather fly nose in than tail in yeah. like that. I mean, he's so good at flying nose in. That's like his natural, like, Oh shit. Reset button nose in. <laughs> you know what? That was, it took me, a half a year to be able to fly nose in it literally and this will tie into what we're going to talk about uh, after the news but that was such a huge mental gate for me well what what he's not telling us is he actually forgot how to fly tail in exactly when <laughs> yes, I go to well the- he flew nose in so long <laughs> yeah, i was trying to give him props here but uh no yeah, i appreciate you it you ruined dude. it jesse <laughs> no dude, I, my bad my bad i actually i you know i i yeah, it's one of those things. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show. But, man, I got to tell you, I had a great time at Othello. We said it before, Bill Pierce, thanks for putting on a fantastic event. Just such a laid-back and easygoing event. A lot of friends there. Uh, Michael Hellia, as you guys, some of you know him, was great to see out there, dude, and your friends, and, and um, Jason, and all the guys that were kind of camped around us. Man, there were just there's some nice people showing up out there, and man, we had a good time. It was mm-hmm. just a good time. I I owe a big thank you, and I don't man, I'm so horrible with names that I don't remember his name. But there was a gentleman that I helped out with a uh, gasser whiplash. Do you guys remember his name, Tim? I don't. I don't. You know who I'm talking about, though. I flew it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. who you're talking who about, you're talking and about. I'm terrible with names too, dude, so I can't remember. Okay, well, anyway, we spent some time on uh, on his gasser whiplash, 
and uh, did some fly barless tuning on it. Got a couple small things figured out. Um, he asked me to fly it. I flew it around. Flew fantastic. I mean, wow. Really new, nice, smooth flying heli. Anyway, that was that. But um, I, I'm not going to get into details why, but thank you to that individual. <laughs> he snuck in, did something nice for me that I did, was not aware of till I was ready to leave, and he was gone and everything. But don't think that I didn't notice, so thank you. I do appreciate it. Again, thanks to everybody that showed up, and we look forward to. And just a little heads up, I'm sure everybody that was there realizes this, um, but if you didn't make it, you might remember last year there was a second Othello event. That is not going to happen this year. That was in response to, I guess it was, the was it the Brooks event yeah. or another event that didn't happen? And they said, well, if that's not going to happen last year, let's do a second Othello. Yeah, so the way that it went down was, you know, originally they had Brooks. Brooks lost their field, so they did a second Othello just to kind of keep the momentum going for that time of the year. Well, they did get Brooks reestablished last year. Jesse went. Yep. Um, so, so that's back up and running. And then there's actually a, a new hobby shop that went in. A buddy of mine, Chris, um, used to fly on the Synergy team with him. He started a new hobby shop down there. And this is this is not a hobby town USA. Let's just say that. This guy don't mess around. I mean, you can actually buy real helicopter parts and airplane parts. And and so he's hosting his own fun fly. Um, we'll get the details on that and we'll definitely talk about it. Right around that same time frame, it was like a week before, I think. So it was really neat at the Othello event. They went and they talked about, you know, they basically when everyone was there for the pilots meeting, said, hey, what do you guys think? We're thinking that we should forfeit the second Othello to give his event a chance to get its feet on the ground and get going. So that's what everyone did. Okay, so here we go. By the way, I just got the event. So it's September 11th to the 15th. Um, and again, this is Rotary Motions Hobbies uh, near Corvallis, Oregon, that's putting this on. And uh, we'll give, as I get updated on the exact location of the field, I'll let you guys know. Absolutely. So, again, thank you, Bill Pierce. Thank you, Ken from Lower Heli, for coming out. Thank you for Patrick uh, from KDE for coming out. And uh, all the all the pilots, the, the top pilots from the Northwest that were able to make it. And, um, man, we had a good time. And we're looking forward to it next year. I think maybe we should do some news. What do you think, guys? Skipped it last week. Definitely better do some this week. You're kidding, right? I have to admit that now that I've had my goblin for a couple months, it's really kind of starting to grow on me, with the exception of one thing, loading the batteries. The guys at KDE, they addressed this issue. They made a removable battery tray if you've got a Goblin, this is your number one must-have upgrade. That sounds good, Nick. And if you're interested in any of the other upgrades that KDE has, visit their webpage at www.kdedirect.com. Okay, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got for news this week, Nick? All right, so KDS has now unveiled the, the final release version of the Agile 7.2. Uh, I was pretty 
hard on this one when I first saw it. I uh, kind of ranked on it. It had a a bit of a clonish look to it. Uh, it's I, I and you know the canopy was really really kind of choppy, patched together looking. Um, I gotta say, after looking at these pictures, it's a heck of a lot better than it was when they started. That is a uh, nice looking canopy. I I happen to I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I had this weird weird feeling huh. that Justin was a way too quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually think the heli looks pretty decent. It's got a couple things that remind me very strongly of other helicopters. Um, you know, that kind of gave it that initial clone look, but I mean, hey, they've got, you know, helical Helical tail drive gears, um, DFC-ish head. Uh, they, it does look like they changed the canopy and gave it a lot more flow than the original one, although we know Justin does not like it. <laughs> and so, that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> we'll just see on the quality. That's been kind of the... Yeah. The no, I mean, him. dude, just based on the pictures, like the mechanics look really solid. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, the spiral bevel gears on the tail drive, it's got an over under slider for the for the pitch slider. It's got turnbuckles on the swash links. Mm hmm. Maybe I mean, really nice and solid. Maybe they actually went because I remember the, the what was it? The Innovas. Yeah. Yes. They were pretty sketch. Um, I have talked to a couple people that had them and it was like, dude, these things are junk and, you know. Very blatant clone, you know, kind of cloned. And uh, I don't know. This one looks, I would almost say it would be worth giving it a shot. So it'll be interesting to see what the reports come, you know, if people start getting them. If they do end up being halfway decent quality, then it could be a pretty sweet heli. Do we know what size it's, it's able to handle? I mean, is this just like your standard 700, which runs 690 to 710s? Can it I run 750s, 800s? That I don't know. That I do not know. I do not know. That. I mean, it, and it may just be because of the way the canopy is shaped, but it looks like a pretty big heli, like long yeah, good heli. Size. Yeah. It'll be, I think it'll be interesting. I know there's a lot of guys um, over in Asia that are flying them, and, I mean, winning competitions. So uh, they've gained a lot of momentum over there. So we'll just have to see if they can find, you know, uh, I think if they can find a, a good, solid distributor where people can actually get parts for it here in the U.S., you know, someone that's got a good reputation of having decent customer service, they, it might have a, you know, it might have a fair shot. I, yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about it. I'd like to see one in person. I, I kind of like the whole like rock in the JR red anodized aluminum look. At first, I thought it was a bit cheesy, but I think it suits it. I, I do think it suits yeah. it. Yeah. Just kind of gives it a little bit extra. Yep. Yeah. So Beast X, uh, remember them? <laughs> uh, Vaguely. Flybarless, right? Yeah. Okay, they have right, come yeah. out with some new X blades. Their own line of blades, kind of swept tip style. Eh, it doesn't quite look like that funky mold, but a little bit different. Yeah, they're coming out. They don't have much information on them. 
Other than we're looking at 605s, 693s, and 807s. Here's the thing that nice. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm most struck by, and that is the fact that the 693s are pretty narrow cord. I mean, what? they're running 59.5 millimeters. Most of the blades nowadays seem to be in the 61 to, you know, 65 range. Spin them. Spin them fast. <laughs> yep, you can do that. Well, and, and actually, it's pretty funny. It says Revolutions Max 2600 RPM. Whoa. On 693s. Not messing around. It's almost like they were designing for someone specific. <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but 176 for the weight, 176 grams, that's, that's a light. lightweight set of blades, dude. Yeah, those yes, will be it is. Yeah, I, that's really interesting because when you get that narrow on the cord, you know, generally that will make a blade, it, it's going to be stable give it a good locked in feeling but a little soft on the collective so you know usually run a little bit more head speed but with being that light i don't know that's probably a really unique feeling blade as long as they maintain their rigidity as well yeah that's a good point that light yeah that is true they look unique though i don't think this is a this is a previous mold yeah i don't i don't think so either Huh. Well, we'll have to see. Hopefully they make it to the States and we can give it a shot. All right, JR, holy cow. Out of nowhere with an SPG01 tail servo. Like a standard size high voltage tail. Can you believe that? They're getting back into the servo game, huh? As in not a DS8900G. Yes, not. Not an 8900. Like, this is crazy. How long have they have the 8917s out for? Oh, man. Oh, at least a couple of years, man. Yeah, they were. Has it been a couple of years already? It has. I had 8917s on my my original Synergy N5. That's true. Okay, so, wow. So, uh... Got him off guard there. <laughs> Quickly bringing up the rear with with the high voltage tail. Finally, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> wow! They decided uh, to join us. Yeah, they did. They decided to join the rest of the world. Uh, this, you know, the speed looks great. 0.03 at seven point four volt. Jesus. Yeah, fast. That That's is very point oh three, man. Sixty degree second time. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cooking. But uh, so yeah, props to them. I'm sure it'll be like two hundred fifty dollars. Like I was going to say, what is it? Three ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, you get that's free like the, JR is proud is of it this. Introductory come. price. Is it yeah. going to come in a box? Is the real question? Yeah, exactly. Or is it going to be if wrapped comes in a in Chinese a nice newspaper? He yeah, is completely <laughs> justified, Jesse. I agree yeah, with exactly. you. If it comes in a nice box. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Scorpion has man. They're just killing it lately with the, uh, they did that whole ESC cooling fan last time we talked about. Now they're coming out with their own tool set. I mean, we're talking like, I know, freaking sweet. Like Allen drivers. We got nut drivers, Phillips, flathead, freaking sweet. And they look so, so nice. (laughs) Uh, You guys are going to get these, aren't you? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. Yeah. I am <laughs> blatant. I mean, give me the passenger seat in that bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, they look nice. So do my Maverick tools. They look nice as well. You know what? I have Maverick ones, and and they work absolutely fantastic. Except since we, you know, a little bit of a tangent here. That Maverick multi-tool is the biggest piece of fail on the face of the planet. <laughs> it is a piece yeah, of Yeah, it is a pretty big failure. You're right. No, it's not a fail. It's a multi-fail. <laughs> it's a multi-fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's something else about that tool that I've noticed. And, oh, and just real quick. So, you know, it's got the, the, the bits in the handle. Mm-hmm. You take one out and you use it. So there's always one empty slot. Okay, let's say you're wrenching down on a really hard screw that's in your in your frame that's hard to get, and those little slots turn into little razor blades that shave off layers of your skin. I don't know, have you guys experienced that? Oh wow, dude! Yeah, it's like whenever I've just I've cut my hand with those little grooves. You remember when we were uh, a couple weeks ago? We were talking about how I said I was just so tired of wrenching, and my hands actually just like physically hurt yeah and we're in pain it was i don't have any bits in that tool because uh it, it's either a take them out yourself and lay them on the table exactly. where you know that they are yep. or just <laughs> let them fall out one at a time randomly <laughs> so i opted to take them all out and lay them on the table and that whole entire thing now don't get me wrong what it, it's like it's like chinese fingers on the outside <laughs> exactly once you put a grip on it and you start to twist, you can't get it me. ain't letting go. <laughs> so you've experienced that, right, Nick? Yes, you t- absolutely. You tighten but down it, and it just it just literally grips the skin on on your hand. It does, but then when you let go, it feels like there's a little midget running around with a tiki torch in your hand because it hurts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that tool is so funny because. When you when I first got it, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I got one tool for my my for my field box, right? This is great. And then you know, so you start to use it, and then as you as you're wrenching, a bit falls out, and you're like, shit. <laughs> and you're out in the field, right? So it falls into the grass. Yeah. And then and then so you end up just screw it. Like Nick said, you open, take one out, lay it down. You have like six bits laying on the table. The good thing is they've got an octagon shape, so they don't roll off. <laughs> No. My my favorite part is when, you know, because the bits, God knows they couldn't slide in and lock. They just slide in on this little thing that, that it, it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. It's such a fail. So you put the bit in it, and, you know, when you first put it in, it's like four inches long sticking out of the end of the driver. You're like, sweet. So you got this screw that, you know, you put some forever tied on, which is not blue Loctite. It's Chinese Hobby King Loctite because it's called forever tight. <laughs> Because that shit ain't never coming out. It's like out. red lock that's colored blue. <laughs> yeah, it's like a blue goo weird stuff. A little bit of CA so, in there. Yeah, so <laughs> you take that Allen driver and, and you put it in the end of that screw. And, you know, being a technician, I, I know what's up. You know, you need to not just twist. You need to push into the, you know, into the fastener mm-hmm. so you don't strip it out. So you start, <laughs> at, and this thing's like four inches long. By the time... You start to put pressure on it. What happens is that little slide holder, uh, like friction mechanism, decides that it just can't take it anymore. So you, you, by the time your quarter turn into this, it's now half an inch long sticking out the <laughs> oh, end. Oh, dude! <laughs> it is. 
And, and here's, oh man, we were begging on this too hard, but here's the thing. And I'm sure Nick, you've done it as well since you have it. You just resign yourself. Well, I guess, I guess a half inch is fine. So you just leave it yeah. because it's like, why fight it? It's like, now, now it looks like a, I have a two and a half millimeter stubby <laughs> where the handle's five times longer than the bit. Yeah. It's awesome. Very, very functional tool. Yeah. Very easy to use. Yeah. Oh. I did finally find a really good use for it, though. Yeah. I took the bits out and I threw the screwdriver away and I use them in my drill. <laughs> yeah. See? Now, there you go, man. See? The bits are good. Compliment sandwich. <laughs> Compliment sandwich. That's the, yeah. Well, did we start off good, though? That was a off. big filling. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fat sandwich. <laughs> that was like a double stuff Oreo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> where, where were we on the news? We kind of got oh, off on Oh, it. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> let's see. Hey, speaking of not fail, uh, Lynx has come out with some Blade 550X bling. We've got uh, uh, the canopy post thumb screws, which I have used uh, now that I have some new helicopters. Uh, I will be getting all of them for these because I freaking just love. I'm ready. Uh oh, people are gonna go <gasps> like I just called their grandmother a name, but I'm not a big Booya fan. What? <gasps> I know, dude. I I'm not. I really do sincerely prefer. The links thumbs. We need we need some justification here. I, I uh, I'm with Nick on this one, by the way. Booyas for me, Booyas always tear up the canopy. Period. And, end of story. I've lost the little. Uh, you know how they got you got the little pusher deal on the end, and then you have the little balls that are on the inside that pop out. Mm-hmm. Those little balls fall out, disappear on my nitros. Yeah. Now on the electrics, they seem to be fine, but I I personally do not think that Booyas are nitro proof. The Lynx ones have a real coarse pitch and a, a real unique shape. It's not just like um, it's not just like a little thumbscrew head on a regular, you know, three millimeter Allen. It's not like that. Uh, they have a, a like almost like a self aligning tip on the head of the thumbscrew, and then the well, screws not actually, threaded to the end. Yeah, and then the screws actually stay in the canopy grommets when you take them out. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about dropping them. And it's like three turns and they're all the way in. And I've never had one come loose ever. And I've lost booyahs in the air and I've lost standard thumb screw canopies off of blades and all that good stuff. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they have those now for the 550X and uh, that oh so sexy, super lightweight uh, boom clamp that we've all used. Okay, so Jesse, are you ready? I I am ready. Uh, are you? I'm ready. I know, I, I know where go. you're going, and I'm ready. All right, here we go. For all of you listeners, here's your shot. You wanted the opportunity to go head-to-head with Jesse? This is it. <laughs> <laughs> XFC. Bring it. That's right. Everyone loves XFC, and this they the way that they do it is they offer up what's called the last chance qualifier. You show up, 15 to 18 people in each group. You show up on Thursday, the 13th, Muncie, Indiana, 9 a.m. Bring your A game. Because you got (laughs) one flight. (laughs) You got one flight, one four-minute freestyle routine, choreographed to music, and including any one of the required maneuvers listed on the known maneuver page 
yeah, the lucky winner of that will end up getting to compete with the best of the best. If you if you wanted to know what it takes to get there, this is what it takes. Last year, uh, it was Eric Brandenburg, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and and he fought for it, and he got that spot. And now this year, he got invited back. Correct? Exactly. Yes, he did. Yeah. So this is like this is the ticket. This, this is, is how, how you, you get. This is pretty much how you get in. I mean, that's right. And I know this is the path. that if if our fun fly wasn't that weekend, <laughs> Jesse would be there. Definitely. I, would I mean, I right know. I, I was actually considering doing it myself. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. Which is kind of why I decided not to. Because I've seen Dan fly. So. <laughs> not kid around here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got nothing on that Curtis Youngblood tail stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if you guys were thinking about uh, XFC, th- this is how you do it. And it really is that easy. Show up, bring your A game, enter fly you're either in or you come back next year and, and if not who cares because you're at XFC. you gave it a shot and yeah you still yeah. get to hang out for the weekend and watch yeah. some awesome flying i mean yeah yeah how often do you get all the pros in one spot so i mean yeah. that's freaking cool nick maxwell's got some some more one tank tips out he's got one on horizontal funnels and one on uh nick talks <laughs> nick talks Nick talks. Yeah, that's that's a new one to me. So I, I'm going to go watch these because any chance that I can get to soak up any sort of information coming from Nick Maxwell, it's got to happen. I mean, it's just, it's got to happen. Dude, his one tank tips are awesome. They're really yeah, he's, good quality. Uh, yeah, I, I like that you can hear them really well. I think they're a really good production and they're free. I just like the fact that when he's, you know, walking you through these maneuvers, he assumes nothing. Like he he teaches you start to finish how to do this maneuver. He doesn't assume you're back, you know, you know how to do this or he doesn't gloss over anything. Yeah, yeah. and he also gives it to you in different like orientations and how to enter yeah. the maneuver, how to exit the maneuver. That I think is a really big one. Absolutely, that can, dude. That can make the whole difference of how a maneuver looks. I mean, you can take a standard, you know, pyro flip, but how, how you get into it and how you get out of it can really, I mean, it, it bumps up the wow factor big time. Uh, all right. So, uh, w- you know, last week at Othello, obviously we talked to Patrick at KDE. The big push right now is the battery tray system for the Goblin. Uh, we talked about it briefly there. I just wanted to recap. I've seen this thing in person. Freaking awesome. I mean, this is, this is, the goblin upgrade in my opinion if you only had one upgrade for the goblin this is it because loading packs was a freaking joke yeah he did that in like three seconds yeah and the other one which i mean i actually had to do a double take when he said it he's like oh yeah no dude same trees it's the same tray as the t-rex 700 nice "Uh, that is killer dude you mean the aligned t-rex 700 he's like yeah same tray snaps right in and the latching mechanism on the front with that spring steel is like over what did he say it was something crazy like over a million cycles that that steel will last yeah Yeah, for fatigue I mean just a simple solid really fit a need upgrade 
I just like the sound it makes. Yeah, it's got one <laughs> heck of a click when it goes Lock in. and load, baby. Yep, yeah, it, it is. that goblin it's, up. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's good. And I mean, how many people do we know? Well, dude, uh, I was there. T-Rex 700, goblin, go out, fly them in the same day. You, you know, that's the biggest downfall to tray systems is that you can't share packs. Well, what if you could just share the whole freaking tray? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Soko Heli Tools has released a new setup guide for their tool. So if you have the tool, uh, they went back through, changed a couple things. They changed uh, some directions on setting up tail pitch and all those. Definitely go over to their website, get that downloaded, read through it, and educate yourself. I think. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I got two of them. (laughs) I got two of them, so we we better talk about that one. Which one's the news of the week, though? That'll be the next one. Yeah, it's actually kind of like a fail of the week, but we're yeah. switching it up this week. Yeah, it's it's a mix. But yeah, did you hear like that? I heard from a little birdie, and this is like, dude, if you guys, for those of you who are on the East Coast, you're very familiar with all of this drama. Uh, us over here on the West Coast, a little more laid back. We don't usually get into it, except for me, because I think that it's really freaking funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> Watch a bunch of grown yeah, face, men act like little girls. Yeah, Facebook creeper. <laughs> oh, big, time. big time. So yeah, be, I be guess, leery when you're adding Nick, everyone. <laughs> what was up with, I guess it was a bunch of epic pilots at the mini Orlando blowout flying goblins. What? Wow. Yeah, I guess they couldn't. Uh, rumor has it, and again, it's just a rumor. I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm sure I'll get corrected if it's not, but yeah. they were... They could. They wanted to. They were asked what was going on, and they said, "Well, we would prefer to be flying our epics, but they couldn't get any parts." Dude, that is epic. Man. Oh man! And, and let me add to that rumor. And again, speculation, rumor. There's no hard, cold facts, but uh, you know, we like a good rumor as much as the next guy. I was talking with another individual. Let's just say in the last couple of weeks. On the West Coast, or our, I w- this individual lives on the West Coast. I don't know who he was talking about specifically, but he is an acquaintance of somebody that's involved with that. Same deal. Unable to get parts. Don't know how true yeah. it is. Man, I hope they get mm-hmm. that all s- squared away. Because there's, I mean, there's nothing worse than having money, wanting to be able to fly, and not being able to because you can't get parts. Yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, that's the worst. And that'll drive a guy to switch brands faster than, I mean, almost and like faster forever. than ever. Like he'll never look back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a bummer. But I just, I found it was very ironic that they, God knows they couldn't have been flying like JRs or T-Rexes or anything. It just had to be the goblins the right goblin. there in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, like man. insult to injury there, isn't it? Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Okay, news of the week, fail of the week. Nick's fail of the week. Uh, remember a little little while ago we talked about a gentleman, MC TGN or Dark Side Enlightenment. He was the dude who made those crazy Buddha canopies. Oh yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. So apparently 
somewhat and I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this section just so everyone, if you have others around, turn the volume down. <laughs> um a- apparently someone pissed in this dude's Cheerios <laughs> because <laughs> he put out a Facebook post and this is a direct quote. And I'm this is there's no English correction here in this, so this is straight quote the whole deal. Dear a motherfucking RC vendors around the world, I understand that, that you do business to get as much as you can from the customers, so you've tried to offer me to sale you the lowest price in the highest quantity. You ask only the cost, but never even mention about a core value of these masterpieces, which is my goal. You added me as friend, send PM to me, and when you know your margin is not as much as you want, you stop communicating. That's a fucking behavior which is unacceptable for me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously show that you are such a that you are such a bloody vendors. You deserve nothing from this very profound Buddhist art. I have created dark side enlightenment. <laughs> I've created Dark Side Enlightenment product to cure of a fucking roughly habit and spread out Buddha's doctrine. Profit is just a consequence. It's a need, not a must. No middleman or broker. Yes, art dealer. Hope to see you. Hope to see a difference between these two occupations. Thanks. <laughs> Okay. That's that <laughs> fucking unacceptable. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Oh man. So I, I guess I apparently heard it all now. he took it very personal that someone probably became friends with him on Facebook because that's the only way that really anyone knows how to get a hold of him. And we're like, hey, we think your canopies are awesome. Uh, we'd like to make you an offer and carry them. You know, I'm sure they want minimum quantities. And I'm sure they gave him, you know, somewhat of like a wholesale price. That's business. But <laughs> this guy thought, you know, that apparently you just called Buddha himself a <laughs> freaking bad name because, wow. And it's got a, it's got a picture of him in the rain, like doing one of those, you know, in the mirror. Like, I love the pictures in the mirror with the phone, you know. You know, like all the girls do with the with the duck lips and everything. Yep. <laughs> He's sitting there all head cocked sideways with a middle finger up in the air in the rain. I'm, I'm that sure is Buddha awesome. Too. Let me sure. let me pose a question. And <laughs> I just I, I can't help but wonder. So is the goal behind that canopy exclusivity? Because if if profit isn't a motive, then why does he care how much they want to buy the canopies for? I don't, you know, he's got some That's really a good point, dude. Like he's got another one here. One of three logo 800 extreme dark cyclic edition now remain only two pieces worldwide. Follow my seven steps if you want one or forget it if you can't even try to do that because this flying Buddhist art is designed to suit insight customers, not shallow minded creature. to own a dark side enlightenment's art piece you must have enough budget and ability to understand some of buddha's doctrine so profit is a profit is budget yeah oh yeah yeah so profit is a concern it's uh yeah 
Oh, absolutely. Because he, I mean, he says it right there. People are people are trying to undercut him. Yeah, and he's he's pissed. Well, here's what's going to happen now. I hope he's prepared. Uh, You know, these big manufacturers that make canopies have seen this design. Dude, a line's going to do it on the next. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Stock. So, and they'll put it on the next T Rex two (laughs) fifty. The two (laughs) fifty. It comes down to, will you sell it to us? No. Okay. Well, we'll just go make our own now. Mm-hmm. So yep. they oh, did ask. Wow. He's even thrown in here. I will send a Dark Side Enlightenment first Buddhist art in form of the eight-year production electric program music album, along with your flying Buddhist art soon. Now we're getting free CDs, dude. That's <laughs> probably a bunch of guys <laughs> chanting. I, I like his creative use of the f bomb. Oh, dude! We are going to hell. We are done. Done. What a fork in me! That's your news of the day. God does not look out upon you with favor. That's all you got, huh, Nick? Yeah, I'm done. Right. I've, I think I have pissed enough people off today. <laughs> I've got a little bit of news. Check. I thought no. I'd go ahead and bring this up, and it's you guys are aware of it. I got to tell you, it was such a joy. And again, I'm going to kind of go back to uh, last weekend at Othello. It's such a joy to bring the production out so people can see what we do live. And it's infectious. And Patrick from KDE saw what we did. And this guy is excited about what we do. And I'm happy to say that KDE has decided to sign on as a sponsor of RC Heli Nation. Woohoo! Sweet. Yay. You know, it's like anything else. All this means is we get to do bigger, better, more cool things. Thank you, Patrick, for believing in us. And, of course, as always, guys, we ask our listeners to support those people who support the nation. You know, when it comes to KDE, there's no question. You're dealing with quality. Everybody knows that. Fantastic oh, yeah. ideas. Fantastic thought put into all of his pieces of art. Their art. They're beautiful looking pieces. Function. You know, they, they work. And uh, I'm just really excited about it. So thank you again to Patrick. And uh, we look forward to working with KD for a long, long, long time here at our Sealy Nation. That's all I got for news, guys. Anybody else got any news? Nope. Just no talking points here. No talking points. All right, guys, this week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. God, have you, Jesse, have you seen Nick's charging case? Yeah, Dan, I have, but you know what? That thing doesn't even compare to those progressive RC signature series cases that they just came out with. I mean, have you seen those things? They have a the new iCharger 4010 Duo in them, and they're a real plug-and-play system. If you're looking to get a charging case yourself, Dan, I would probably go check out Progressive RC and see what they got over there. You know what, Jesse? I think I'm going to do that. If anyone else is interested in those cases, head over to ProgressiveRC.com. You guys know what I love about this hobby. What's that? Have you ever been involved with something that is such a mind? <laughs> <laughs>
As this hobby, I mean, think about this for a minute. This hobby has so many aspects to it. You've got, you know, your mechanical abilities, understanding of electronics, all of that combines. All and then just the sheer fear of spooling up a seven hundred for the first time if you've not done it. All of these aspects combine into one big mental game. I just I know for, for a fact, and we're going to talk about a few different things. And I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the show. I know for the, for a fact this weekend, for example. Well, Michael Helia too as well experienced it. You know, he's at home. You're flying in a comfortable environment. There's, you know, you're flying around your usual group of guys, or in some cases by yourself. And you just there's a sense of comfort there. And you end up at a fun fly. There's people watching. Something changes. You know you've got the skill or the talent to do particular maneuvers. But something goes wrong. There's a connection that's lost somewhere. It's like this mental block. You guys have all experienced it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to try to break this mental block down into the various aspects that caused them and what we've done to kind of overcome them. Probably one of the biggest ones that people notice right off the bat. And I remember, obviously, obviously Jesse got over this, but I remember talking to Jesse last year because I just, I remember saying to him, God, I just feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over and over. Every flight feels the same to me. And Jesse said, you know what? I feel the same way. And he was flying really well back then. But I don't know what happened over the winter. We get there, and Jesse is just flying phenomenally. So he was on a, this plateau, and he overcame it. And now, man, your flying is just really just, man, you've stepped up. Let me just say that. Go, You know, it comes in spurts. Just like you were saying, last summer, plateaued for, you know, quite a while. And that really does start to, you know, mess with your head. It's almost like, in a sense, you're not going forward, so it almost feels like you're going backwards. Even though you know you're you're doing your same routine and your maneuvers, you're getting more comfortable with what you can do. But you know, I guess just to get through that, for me personally, it was just more of a, you know, it all it all comes back to the sim, I guess, for me, sim and stick time. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there there really is no other. There's no secret method. There's no, you know, there's no. For for me, at least, I guess there's probably stuff that works for other people. How long did that plateau last for you, Jesse? Because I, 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 or do you really feel like last year you were on a plateau? I felt like it lasted most of the summer. I mean, the fun. I I feel like once I find myself, once I get, you would think once you get, you know, into fun fly season, you kind of get, you know, you're jacked about flying. Maybe start flying the sim more. You see other people flying, and you're like, oh, I could, I could do that. I could learn how to do that in a couple of weeks. But for some reason, like last summer, I kind of got, I started flying the sim less during the summer. Just kind of, I don't know if it was a, you know, getting burnt out, um, something like that. But it, it pretty much felt like the whole summer I was kind of like, you know, I'm kind of getting sick of watching myself fly by the end. It's like, <laughs> you got to learn something new. This is getting old. I know that so. feeling. I, I, <laughs> it, like, it, it just reminds me of something that Justin 
says, or no, Nick said it the other day, uh, but Justin said it too, I believe. But uh, it was funny. Uh, no, it was yeah, it was Nick when you were talking about when you when you, it's been a while since you've blown a gasser, right? Or not a gasser, but the nitro. Oh, the whiplash, <laughs> the tank on the whiplash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. after three minutes, you realize, uh, oh. <laughs> you know, I've, uh, I've run out of stuff to do. The eight minute flight's great, but you've only got three minutes talent. Yep. And so I kind of want to talk about that plateau that we all hit eventually. I mean, I feel honestly, guys, my, my plateau lasted two years. And I mean that in all seriousness from when I started the hobby flying here by myself, I progressed so slowly and my breakthrough, two things helped me break through. This might sound a little blasphemous, but the first thing I did to break through from like just beginning stuff to, to letting the helicopter open up, I bought a plank and I flew it. Interesting. <laughs> I got to tell you, man. Wow. It, it really <laughs> allowed, because I immediately, literally guys, I, I, I mean, the plank was so easy to fly. I mean, I literally took it off and landed on the first flight. Didn't have any issues with it out and about doing whatever. I mean, basic, you know, obviously just basic stuff, but immediately within a day or two going back to my helicopter, it was a whole new level of flying. It's a confidence booster. It was, but, but it's funny. Do you, you didn't get any better in that amount of time. You still had all that talent. Exactly. Yep. And, and that's, that's where we're, that's where I want to go with this conversation because that it was there. The ability to do it was there. I just didn't trust myself to, to try it. And well, the second thing, since I mentioned two, obviously the Todd Bennett class. I mean, that was just. Yeah, you know, that's huge. That was a huge break. I think that's like the main thing you took from that class. You know, it's not like you gained a ton of skill in the couple sessions, but it's the mental gain that you made during the class that really made it worth it, it seems like. Absolutely. And, and I can't stress that enough for those of you who are thinking about taking this class. You're, I mean, when you're at Jesse's level, you might be able to go to Todd Bennett and he might be able to help you with a specific maneuver, uh, kind of a, in a, as a, as a coach. But if you're like, at, we're at my level, you don't learn maneuvers. You learn how to relax. You learn how to learn. Yeah. You learn how to fly yeah. co- confidently, comfortably. You learn how to not be the, I can remember like at Othello last year, I remember the first flight. I mean, Nick buddy boxed me my first flight at Othello. Do you remember that, Nick? It was horrible. Yeah. Oh. And I was so nervous. I just, my, my hands were just, and that's what, you, that's what the Todd Bennett class helped me with. You don't want to be the guy not running enough expo and you just see his heli out there shaking. Like, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's, wrong, what's wrong with his shaking heli? Shaking like a leaf. And it's just his hands are shaking. <laughs> but you know what, dude? I mean, I, I think no matter how confident you are, you st- everyone still gets that a little bit. You know, you, you step up there for the first couple of flights of a fun fly, and I don't know, maybe, Jesse, you don't because you're so incredibly badass. <laughs> but um, you, you get up there for the first couple of flights, and there's still a little bit of nerves there. Yeah. I mean, dude, oh, yeah, I spotted definitely. Nick this whole weekend and I watched him for the well, sorry, he only got a couple of flights in. So maybe that's why. But, um, you know, he 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 gets a little shaky, too. You can watch his hands on the transmitter oh, and yeah. the same exact way, dude. Yeah. And it's, it's not a matter of like 
not knowing whether you're capable of doing it. It's just it's a new environment. It's a new field. Even if you've flown at it before, you haven't you're not used to it, you know, getting back to it again. There are new people. You know, what are people thinking? Are they watching? Am I going to do something stupid? It's just it really is a whole mental game. One of my biggest concerns when I fly around people is I don't I don't want to crash because I don't want this. How do I phrase this? I, I crashing is part of the game and it happens. And we're all resigned to that. I, I kind of feel like I put people in an awkward position. And this is, this is again, this is all in my head. This has nothing to do with any interaction or anything that's ever been said to me. But I kind of feel like I'm putting people in a position to go, oh, you know, to kind of, oh, that sucks, dude. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's part of the game, man. I, I, it almost feels like it's harder on other people than it is on me. Does that make sense? Oh, because then they feel all bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. then it gets all awkward when they're like, dude, Dan, I'm so sorry. Exactly. Dude, it's not a big deal. It really is. It is what it is. Because when I crash when I'm by myself, I go out, I pick it up, and I put it in the trailer. I don't even think twice about it. Right. Because it's just, I mean, it happens, and and it's going to happen. Every helicopter built that flies is going to crash. So let's talk a little bit about some plateaus again. Um Let's let's hear Nick's experience with plateaus. How how how, how have they treated you, Nick? Lately, horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've been on a year plateau. Ser- seriously, I mean that's I can I can be honest and say that it's lasted just about a year, and it's it's my own fault. You know, when you get involved with people with think that when you product test and when you tweak and tune all the time, you think, well, you're getting flights and you're going to get a lot better. You know, it's actually not true at all. It, you, you drive yourself into doing maneuvers and same routines over and over and over again, uh, so that you can really tell the difference the way something flies. Right. I mean, certain maneuvers, I know the way, yeah, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't go out and do certain things, but I can tell you exactly what blade almost with my eyes closed is on there by the way that the heli reacts and feels because I've done that same stupid maneuver over 500 times, you know, it bums me out. And so now I get to that point where I can do all of that same thing, like almost with my eyes closed, but to try something different, oh man, I mean... Ooh, you're, you're getting it though. You're, you're close. No. Yeah. I, we, and I've, you're pulling out I some find, maneuvers. Yeah. And it's just, it's a time thing now. I mean, I sat down and was like, okay, it's time to, re- to learn right rudder paraflips. I mean, I've just, I've got to do it. I sat down, I put an honest <laughs> three days into it on the sim. Three evenings at probably a half hour, 40 minutes a piece. And then went out and did them. And now I can do them. I mean, they're they're not pretty, but I can reverse them back and forth. Um, we'll work on the double barrel flips probably, you know, maybe the next time out. Again, now it's going to take me two, three flights to get back into it because of such a horrible weekend that last weekend flying. It's just, man, it's a constant battle. But I, for me personally, the big booster is the sim. That that's like this. It's not just the secret to progressing because it's like when you see your when you see yourself do a new maneuver 
for the first time, I mean, you're so nervous, right? You're, oh, man, oh, geez, oh, geez, oh, geez. God, I don't want to crash. I don't want to crash. You just get so worked up and so nervous about it. And then you bust it out and do it. And you're like, well, that's not bad. Okay. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And then by that second battery or that second tank, you're just, I, I mean, they're still ugly, but that's okay because you're not scared to do it anymore. Right. You just hopped on the high that can basically, I mean, that's the snowball that could start oh, the avalanche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the only way that, in for me personally, that I create that snowball is on the simulator. Yep. But I, I really have to force myself to do it. I mean, I just have to pull my own teeth and just force myself to do it. But then it, it revitalizes everything for me yeah. when I do. Yeah. And I, which makes yeah. no sense because why wouldn't I not do that all the time? Like, why wouldn't I? Well, because, yeah. you know, flying on the sim for me is not fun. Life gets in the way and you always find an excuse. Yes, I and do. Then you, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, and then you get out to the field and you, you're not happy with your flying and you are kind of bummed. And then you end up like, you know. Uh, you almost end up convincing yourself that you need to be tweaking and tuning on this and checking this. and So and you don't have to focus on progression. Yeah, because you're petrified to try something new because you haven't done it enough on the simulator. Yeah. And it's like I mean, there's something that when you're flying your heli in real life and you make it do something and, you, and for a second you're like, whoa, you know, that looks just like the sim. I think I mentioned that like last weekend where it's just like, that felt just like the sim for a second. Like that was it. And it's like that connection just makes it's like that breakthrough where you just want to go back and you're like, okay, the sim is, you know, it's, it is that beneficial. Yeah. I wish I could get back to the sim, but lately I've just been, it's been terrible, dude. Well, tell us but, about your but, plateaus, Justin. Yeah. For me, first of all, screw all of you guys <laughs> because you guys are talking about plateaus and my last year has been a downhill slope. A regression. <laughs> I, and and seriously, dude, it it has been. I'm I'm perfectly fine with saying that. I mean, 2012 was a long, rough year. You know, we had my my wife was pregnant. We had the first our first kid. Uh, work was freaking crazy. There were, let's just say conflicts in the hobby that i was not particularly pleased to deal with or be around and it's all the same drama and crap like usual and so i kind of took a step back and was like all right you know what um i'm just gonna relax i'll put some flights in when i can but i'm not gonna worry too much about it actually spent a lot of time doing fpv and multi-rotor stuff you know nick and jesse and i have talked about trying out the whole aerial photography and video thing. We were playing around with that a lot. Uh, even got into some planker stuff just to kind of, you know, scratch the itch and see what was going on. And so it, it, it was a rough year and I came back to it late in the year and, and tried to start hitting it hard or hard for me at least. And it was like, holy crap, dude. I mean, so the interesting thing is you never completely lose it, right? You, to a certain extent, you get there, you get it into a hover, and it's like, ah, yeah, I remember what this feels like. But nothing comes as smoothly. It's a little bit more nerve-wracking to do stuff. 
And so I felt like for a while I was on a down, a downward slope. And, you know, in terms of turning that around to either positive or a plateau, what I find is most useful for me. And this is going to sound really weird. You guys use the sim. I the last year, year and a half, the sims done almost nothing for me. It's near on unbearable to even sit in front of the computer and look at it. And I don't know why, but what I find helps me with plateaus is, as you all know, Justin, no fly. Uh, I don't always get the opportunity to fly that I'd like. And when I do, it's usually I just got to get out there and get it done and get back. Well, that is a really good way of putting you in the mindset of, holy crap, I've got a few short hours and a few flights. I need to make this worthwhile. And so it may be a week or two weeks since I've flown. But when I get out there, I'm past the whole I'm afraid to try something. I'm just like, screw it. I may not have tried it on the sim, but it's not rocket science. So let's throw down and see what we can come up with. More often than not, it results in a breakthrough. And, and I don't get I, I've, I've experienced the snowball thing that Nick was talking about, but not quite the same scale. And when it's happened, it's always been when I just threw the fear aside and said, screw it, let's do this. I agree with that completely. I mean, um, you guys know as of, it hasn't been too long where I've been kind of a sim convert, right? Mm -hmm. I still sim. I still sim several times a week. But there was a long portion of my flying career where I just like, screw the sim. I'm going to fly. I, I'm kind of, I kind of agree with you in that uh, nothing beats stick time, and I haven't experienced, I haven't experienced that snowball uh, as Nick described it, but I have experienced absolute breakthroughs that happen at the field. What the sim has done for me is, and I suppose it's because I'm not at that level yet, but what the sim has done for me was give me confidence to rely on just instinct when something goes wrong a forced auto for example Mm -hmm. when you're not really confident with autos i have every confidence i've had the helicopter quit inverted i was able to get it down and what allowed me to do that was the fact that i did that on the sim so that is what that mental aspect that's what the sim does for me it trains my flying instinct to have a better chance at doing what needs to be done when the time comes. I don't really use the sim. That's not a complete accurate statement because as I progress, I find that the actual maneuvers doing them on the sim, it does help, but what it, I think it does, and maybe we're saying the same thing. What I think it does, for example, inverted forward flight or backwards flight it just allows me to try that maneuver in real life with the confidence that i have ingrained that muscle memory to the point where i can attempt it and if something goes wrong i can bail out of it i don't know if that makes sense but yeah that makes sense yeah and i mean i've used it that way myself but i also find that And maybe this is just some sick, twisted adrenaline rush thing that 
more often than not, I'd rather just go out there and be like, look, I understand the basic mechanics of this crap. I'm going to go do it. And it's almost like do you guys have you ever gone out to the field and you know you've played with a, a trick enough on the sim, but not enough to be confident in busting it out on the real heli. And as you put more and more flights on that day, you can feel that like anxious feeling like, dude, I know I'm going to try it like it's inevitable. (laughs) I'm going to try this trick before the end of the day. And each flight you fight it. You're like, no, not going to happen. Not this flight. And eventually you're just like, screw it. Here we go. I love that, dude. That's freaking. Yeah. That's how I do things. And I, I do it the same way. I don't know if Nick and Justin do it, but I do that exact same thing. I'll, I'll set up for something. I'll start it, and then I'll say, nope. And then what, I just eventually have to say, you know what? Screw it. Just 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 try it. You know, Go up 300 feet and try it. Like that, yep. that inverted forward flight, Dan? Exactly. <laughs> that, I've heard you say that. God, man, if I get in that and bail out one more time. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And, he, and here's part of that mental game, guys. When I'm at home, at my f- regular field, flying around my regular guys, or by myself, I can pull that off. It's ugly. It's not uniform. It's at varying heights. I, I I don't know. Did you guys notice? I set up for it several times at the fun fly. Oh, yeah, dude. I watch yep. you. And, and I know just from seeing what you did that you can do that. And I just couldn't bring my thumbs. I just, the my brain was telling me, do it, do it. But my thumbs and my finger were like, no, don't you even think about doing it. Because it just, I, I, literally, they were two separate entities fighting each other in my body. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like my head was like, just do it, do it. And my hands were like, nope, nope, we're not going to do it. And of course, I would bail out of it. I would. It's that mental game. And we all struggle with the mental game. You know, guys, one of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gen's Ace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com, enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order. We've been talking about plateaus. We all deal with them. They can get us down, and some people even leave the hobby because of plateaus, which is unfortunate. So tell me, Nick, when you're dealing with this plateau, and and you said you've been on one for a year, and you know you're in the middle of a plateau, what do you do? I mean, how do you maintain your enjoyment? Because that can really be a downer when you think to yourself for the last year, my God. So what do you do? Nick's like, thanks, Dan. Yeah, you guys, your guys' turn's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you know, I'll I'll be right back, man. <laughs> I, just gotta, I gotta go get a drink, man. <laughs> yeah, for me, I just kind of redirected. I got enjoyment out of helping and out of testing and out of making, you know, working, uh, attempting to work with people to make products better. Uh, that that's that's what kept the whole hobby fun for me was that. 
But there was always that nagging thing in the back of my mind. I mean, I got into this hobby because I enjoyed flying helicopters, but I also got into this hobby. I loved progressing. I was not that guy that was like, just went out to the field to hang out and, you know, just chill and BS. I mean, I was like, <laughs> Jesse knows he was there. Oh, yeah. Justin knows it was like every weekend. It was something new. Got to try something new every single weekend. Push, 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 push. Got to get better. Got to get better. And I, that it's like, I put it off to the side, but it's, it's been a big thorn. Cause it, you my, know, that's still what, you know, yep. the enjoyment that would still bring yep. you. Yep. Cause I know that I love to fly hard. I know that I love that. I just, now it, it's, uh, I don't remember who did that saying, you know, you don't realize how little, you know, the more I learn, the less I know. That's right. That's yes. it. Yeah. The and more I learn, the less definitely I know. true. <laughs> yeah. It's like now that I've been in the hobby long enough to where, man, if I, geez, if I would have gone back a couple years ago, being able to do hero flips and four point TikToks and, you know, inverted double pyro flipping autos, I would have been like, dude, you're freaking insane. That is awesome. Yeah. But it bugs me because it, I know that it's not my potential. I know that I'm cutting myself short because I haven't put any effort into it. And that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but it's like in the past, I've, I've always been able to do whatever I had put my mind to. You know, if it was like, well, you're going to learn how to do this. It might take a long friggin' time, but I've always learned it. And I, I kind of just fell back from that. And it's, it's you really cocky bastard. <laughs> do whatever. That's two, that's two weeks in a row. I think you've called Nick that. Well, no, no but, but no, dude, I, I know what you mean. I, I mean, it's one of those situations where you're probably sitting there, you're, you're beating yourself up because you haven't progressed the way you want, but you can also take a little bit of comfort in knowing from previous experience, you know what, when I'm ready or if I'm ready to really hit it hard, it's going to happen. It's not yeah. a matter of if it's a matter of when, yeah. but that's a bad thing too, it because is. then I say, well, why in the hell are you not doing it? Yep. I <laughs> and, get myself and, stuck you know, in that same thing, dude. And Nick just had a birthday. There's the, the, you know, the realization of, of mortality. <laughs> Time is running out. We're getting older. Right, yep. Nick? That's what you're thinking? <laughs> Things so are going to stop balls. working as well as they did before. <laughs> T-Mobile balls. T-Mobile balls. <laughs> hey, I was talking about his thumbs, dude. I'm, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what's... Uh, <laughs> I yeah, it, it's just it's it's bad juju, man. Is, I, I don't get it, and I don't know why. So I, I mean, I can't say anything. I I, I kind of shudder to ask Jesse that very same question because I he might tell us he's been on a plateau, but I might have to reach to the internet and strangle him if he tries to. Convince yeah, me but he can kiss my ass. But he can kiss my. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done a week a new move in like a week, so it's, oh. it's been a it's been a little plateau. Oh know, my god, it's, it's kind of getting to me slightly. So you know, just <laughs> you just wait, dude. You just wait until you uh, graduate and and move into life. <laughs> getting a little taste this summer. It's so so far. Jesse, on those plateaus that you've had. I mean, you, yep. I mean, you've got a very regimented program. I mean, you're a lot more disciplined than all of us when it comes to the sim and practicing. 
could say that. So, so at least the last couple of weeks, I, I did kind of go away from it for a little while. <laughs> but, I hate none, to admit, but nonetheless, I mean, when they do happen, and they do happen, I'm sure, but they may mm-hmm. not last as long as they do for me or Justin or, or Nick. What do you do to maintain your enjoyment? Because ultimately, that's what we're doing. We're enjoying the hobby. Yeah, so I I mean, it, it's very similar to Nick's. I enjoy, do, you know, striving to learn that new maneuver. You yeah. know, I'll push it all week on the sim, looking forward to the weekend. Then it's like when you finally get out there and, you you know, you get those nerves going, you get the blood pumping. It's like that. that's the feeling I'm striving to get because it's like, kind of this hobby for me it's like you know i did three sports in high school and that that was my you know that was my rush during during that time in my life i guess and now it's like this hobby has kind of replaced all of that for me so that adrenaline rush for me really seems to come when i you know flying low flying hard trying new stuff so yeah for me that that's right where that's where the enjoyment comes from i have a feeling that jesse just really really plateaus are a challenge to you i think is what you're i mean that's what i feel like and you enjoy that challenge of working through the plateaus yeah and then you know all the hard work it you know eventually pays off and it's it's very rewarding i got something to add to his which i don't me and him have talked about but i see on the outside like the guy looking from the outside Mm um something that a lot of people don't think about is when you find a helicopter that you really like, yes, and that works for you, you know it. You know it in and out. You know the quirks. You know what to expect. You know uh, for crashes and repairs and problems. It's either one or the other. You want to tinker, mm-hmm. and you want to try new things, or you want to progress. Pick one. Yeah, and that and that is the flat out truth. The blatant yep. and a lot of people use. The lack they use the tinkering. Uh, <clears throat> Nick, I don't want to uh, name any names because <laughs> I wouldn't want to embarrass myself. Uh, use that as an excuse, you know. Yeah. Well, I just haven't, but it's also a reality, though, too. I mean, I've got so many different things going on. Test this and that, and testing stuff works about half the time when you try it. That. You know, that's 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 why I bought that backup pellet the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. It's because, dude, if I go out to the field and I have problems with two of these, I'm I refuse to pack up and go home anymore anymore. Yeah. And and that is what Jesse has not done. You know, he found a home with those compass helis and he got to know him very well. You know, I, I saw him battle through some issues in the beginning. Yeah. But but uh, you know, Compass got it figured out, and he got it figured out, he, and he didn't. He didn't bite on all the new and cool stuff. He didn't do it. He was like, "Well, you know what? They fit my budget. They fly really well," yeah. and, and he just stuck with it. And, and it, man, it's just it's ridiculous. Now you hear about that, you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> I got twenty something flights today. Well. Guess didn't what? Touch a thing. Yeah, didn't touch a thing. It See, stayed together for same exact it's configuration like, and setup and everything. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was telling people last weekend, and I mean this is this is honest. I have I literally only wrench on that heli when I crash it. I mean that is it. It's it I don't think there. I've ever nev- known that as a reality never, in my life. I never touch it when it's at home. I might spray the belt with silicone spray, 
But if it if it doesn't get crashed, it doesn't get wrenched on. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, want to add to that. And I I I can I have come to understand that Um, as I started in the hobby, I had way too many helicopters and I had helicopters, as I've mentioned before. That a new person had no business owning. Uh, Machines that were hard to build, hard to fly and just ridiculously over over engineered. I now generally have two machines that are always flying the cool power 700s. Yes, I know they're a line. But you know what? Those machines have given me hundreds of trouble-free flights. Granted, this yep. weekend we didn't see that, but you know what? That's what happens when you get hundreds of trouble-free fl- free flights. Unfortunately, things ha- fell on that weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's yeah. just a ma- That was just that's probability. That's nitro life. I mean, that's nitro yeah, life. That's, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't matter what you put it in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But now, okay, Dan, you spent all of those years, you know, and this is coming straight out of your mouth, not progressing. What, what year of your flying have you progressed the most? Last year. And what did you fly all last year? The line 700s. The same, the same exact, the same exact telly, two of the same exact telly. And you just, you only wrenched if it needed it. Half the time, you didn't wrench when it did need it, <laughs> as I saw. And that has other but, effects, but... <laughs> but that's that's my point, though. I yeah. mean, draw, if you guys want to progress. And, and I'm sitting here, I mean, here's the pot calling the kettle black. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> if you want to progress and you really want to do it, quit buying stuff. If you want to buy something, buy crash parts. So that you can fix it that night when you come home and you crash it and go back out and fly the next day. Yep. Yep. Uh, upgrades are only to keep it from failing so that you can keep flying it. Necessary. Yep. Yeah. Necessary ones. And we've we've talked about that. Some really are yep. most definitely worth it. And but don't yeah. And yeah, this is actually you know, you're asking me earlier, Dan, about my plateaus. Well, guess what I was doing last summer? It was a new heli. I was trying different electronics that's, that's constantly. Right. That's right. Yep. I was switching fly barless units in the middle of fun flies and season and you know, right in the middle of the season. You add all that together and you get a plateau. So let's and hear about there. Justin's experiences and how he's gotten through or how he's dealing with flight plateaus or maybe regressions as he said earlier. <laughs> Heavy drinking. Heavy drinking. <laughs> Lots of cussing. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely, except the thing is that I do that without plateaus. Uh, that's just kind of like the name of the game. I mean, you know, we, we hit on a little bit earlier that the best way I've found to get through a plateau is to just go out there and forget about the fear and get it done. I feel like at this point, you know, this I, I've not really put a lot of flights up yet this year compared to you guys, so I'm still trying to catch up. But the more flights I put in, the more I feel like I'm getting back into the swing of things. And I can see not necessarily progression, but getting comfortable with what I used to be able to do and slowly but surely, you know, throwing some new stuff in. I want to be able to adopt the sim. But the problem is that I'm looking ahead for the rest of this summer and it's like we've got a couple of fun flies a month between now and October. And 
in fun fly season, it makes it tricky. I mean, we were just talking about wrenching or, you know, tweaking with stuff. I get really nervous about having a heli that's not in 100% tip top condition in between fun flies. And so I end up making sure that I get everything set up and uh, it's it's tuned correctly and all of that. But that takes time. So when I go out, you know, for example, this weekend, what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure that the nitro's rebuilt and I got to check it and make sure it's all ready to go again. Now, I've got a couple of weeks before our fun fly, but I'm probably not going to get many flights in. So the reality is that it it can sometimes be difficult for me, at least with the timeline that I have to progress, because sometimes all I'm trying to do is just hang on. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's. uh you know, that's kind of the way it, it goes and hopefully it'll change. Hopefully I'll get more time going forward, but it is what it is. Absolutely. I want to lay down some cold, hard truth here because we've all heard this statement before. And I want to speak to guys who are kind of at my level. We've heard it before. When you say, when you watch a guy like Jesse fly or Nick or Justin fly and you say out loud, that's cool, but I'm not, you know, I just, that it's not really my thing. I mean, you're only trying to convince yourself. I get it. Some of us are just interested in sport flying. Some of us want to progress into, you know, intermediate or advanced 3D flying. But there is, there is a segment of you out there who have a reality. And their reality is, I fear progression because I fear the cost of progression. That's a reality. And I, I don't want to take that away from you. Uh, you know, how, how do we address that? I mean, you've got. Buy a smaller heli and progress more. Th- 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 yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hold on a sec. I, I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily disagree, but you, I, I think what you're saying is that anyone who's ever said, yeah, I like what you guys are doing in the air, but that's not my thing. I'm content with sport flying. You think that that's not a true statement for some people? I absolutely, I do think that's, a, I think they, that's, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy is what that is. In other words, they're just saying that to make themselves, to comfort themselves, even though they would really love to be able to throw down. I think so. I mean, who... Why did we all start flying helicopters? Because yeah, we, we saw didn't an, watch a video. We of watched Alan Zabo. <laughs> we watched Alan Zabo smash the shit out of a line seven years ago, right? Yep. Nobody watched Dan do figure eights and say, "Oh my god, I aspire to that." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, when, no, when you put it that true. way, <laughs> yeah. Now I got you. <laughs> and but but look, I I I don't want to discourage those guys because look. I, you know, I kind of feel like I represent a different aspect of the hobby than maybe Jesse does. Cause Jesse's, Jesse's an amazing pilot. We, we all understand that, but there are so many pilots that just want to be able to go to the field and put their helicopter. They go out once or twice a month. They spend two hours of their only free time and all they want to do is fly and they want to bring the helicopter home in one piece. And, and that's, that's great, you know, but what you should do. I think my perception on this has obviously changed. 
if that is your if that's your situation, you know, you've got to be simming because that's going to help you do that. That's going to help you accomplish that. And if you're okay with the slight progression, there's nothing wrong with that. It's your hobby. You you should enjoy it as you will. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there are tools, especially this day and age. I mean, for, it's changed. Even in the short time, the five years I've been in the hobby, we didn't have MCPXs. I despise those little helicopters. I got to fly one, and sorry, Dieter, for destroying your 130. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I, when I was flying before, I had an MCPX. And what I was doing, the MCPX didn't feel like a lot of fun to me. My flying has progressed. I was able to do things with the MCPX that I was never able to do before. And I kind of understood it now. It, it made a little more sense to me. So there are tools available to us. When I started flying, I had the Vibe 50. There were no small helis that were capable flyers. And we just crashed. And we rebuilt and we crashed. And we repeated that process. And it was an expensive, time-consuming, and very Sometimes I, I've had it. I'm done. I remember making phone calls to friends saying, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. I just cannot continue crashing this helicopter. That all changes. You will get to a point for those of you who are at that stage where that just won't happen as much. And, you know, you listen to and you see guys progress. Don't ever, your metric is no one else's. You know, I, I can't stress that enough. Just because your neighbor or your guy you're flying with is progressing at a very rapid rate, you may not. You have to enjoy the hobby at your pace. Mm-hmm. That's key. But, because otherwise, that gets right back to the mental game, dude. That's the person that shows up to a fun fly and lets that affect them, that there are people around them that are better and they feel like they're in competition. And then instead of going up there to have fun every time they fly, they go up there and they're a bunch of nerves. Yeah, because they absolutely. feel like they they have to prove something to someone. And I think we've all been there at one point. The quicker you can get rid of that mindset and just realize, you know what? I fly the way I fly. Just do what you do. Just let's just do it. You know, I'm not here. There are people that are better than me. There are people that are worse than me. Yeah. And I, I say it at every fun fly I go to. And I can't remember who I was talking to this time. Probably, probably Phil or Dieter or somebody was sitting next to me and I was watching somebody fly. And I just remember saying, you know, every time I come to a fun fly, I realize I'm the worst flyer at the fun fly. I mean, that's, we all feel that way is what I'm getting at. And, and I had people come up to me that saw me fly last year and then saw me fly this year and said, wow, big difference, Dan, you're doing great. Those, those words of encouragement are are fantastic. Yeah. But don't, that's that mental game. You know, you can't, you, you have to enjoy it and you have to choose your rate of progression, but don't, don't try to convince me that you're happy with just tail and hovering if that's what you're doing. And because it's not true. None of us, none of us, none of us started this hobby because we watched somebody tail and hover a heli on a video, you know, very good point. Yeah. You know, I think it absolutely, yep. it's just natural. I mean, it's, you know, everybody's got their limits. You have to realize that. And, and if you can come to, if you come to grips with that, you may save yourself some money. Obviously you're not going to pick up a heli and go out there and fly like Bobby Watts. You're just, it's not going to happen. What if the limit is sport flying? 
That may be, but you know, even if you're happy with sport flying, you cannot tell me that there's times when you're out there all by yourself and you try something that is not sport flying. True. Are you, yeah, I mean, we all want to be able to do that next step. That next. Yep. And that next little thing might be minor. It might be very minor, but it's still a progression. Yep. And it's still, it's, it's leading to an end result, which is beyond sport flying. It, it is. Yep. You may never achieve it and you may very be very well content with what you're doing as you're progressing and you may never crash while you're doing it. And that may be your enjoyment and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I want to give one of our listeners some encouragement because he's just had a heck of a time and we've talked uh, about him before. Uh, Mark, he's, he's built, he's building a uh, five, uh, a fusion 550 mm-hmm. conversion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's just had a heck of a time building this. Just, oh, I mean, dude, almost as bad as what Nick has been going through lately. And, and this, this plays into the mental aspect of it because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mentioned, you know, it's not only the flying, it's the, the whole amalgamation of parts that have to come together to make a heli that flies. You've got mm-hmm. electronics and mechanics, radio programming wiring all this stuff has to happen that can play into this mental game and he's experiencing this in a big way and not to mention he's going from an mcpx to a fusion 550 yeah right. that's a good point jesse <laughs> yeah. he's not There's making a another aspect here that'll make your stacker pack out oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i want to give mark some encouragement because and a lot of new guys into the hobby deal with this because I remember uh, when I was building a, uh, my Vibe, I just could not wrap my head around the whole six volt system and how, how do you how do you wire this in and and how, what does it all mean and how do you do it and it and for those of us who have learned how to build and and fix helis via the finless Bob videos way back when Flybarless or Flybar was the, was uh, what we all had watching those basic one hundred and one ccpm videos over and over Mm -hmm. and trying to grasp it it's a it's a big undertaking so mark is struggling with some issues and he's burnt up some servos and and he's struggled with some programming he's gotten some help from nick this this is a big part of the hobby learning how to do all this stuff and i just want to say to mark stick with it dude Uh, you've got you, you set yourself up tremendously you've got a great helicopter you've got a good radio and now it's just getting over all these little bumps you'll forget about all this stuff once you start flying that first hover and you'll probably experience it another 10 times before the end and it's yeah it's not over that frustration is not over it it, does it ever go away guys no nope no yeah you just come up with more creative expletives to describe it (laughs) I just really, man, I feel for the guy because I, I get the impression he's he, he is in a populated area, but apparently doesn't have any or know any other heli flyers in the area. And I really, because he's been building that thing for, I mean, he's on he's on JST. Do you guys know what JST is? Mm-mm. Justin Standard Time. Oh, <laughs> dude. I like that, actually. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> 
Yeah, wow. I hope I never get in that time zone. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, let, I mean, when did he started this build? Like in December, didn't he? Easily, easily, like four months ago. Yeah, I think. And he's just been struggling along the way. Hopefully, he's still been flying his MCPX. Justin, have you had a chance to talk to him about that? I think he has. Okay. Yeah. You know, dude, that's a that's a thing that we all go through. Everybody, all of us that are on this end of that battle that you're fighting, we've all been through that. And every it's it's an initiation process. You know, we've all destroyed stuff, setting stuff up. I've burnt up servos trying to set up servos. You know, they bind. You hook everything up. You forget to undo the linkage. And it's it's but you don't know realize it's binding and boom every you know you got a servo burnt up. Mm-hmm. It's part of the process, unfortunately. So just stick with it, because uh, absolutely, there is the first time, dude. You get that hellion hover and you're watching it hover. All that frustration is going to go away, and it's going to be an amazing moment. So look forward to that. That's your that's your motivation. So as most of you know, over the last couple weekends, I've been flying my helis pretty hard. And that also means I've been crashing pretty hard as well. So when it comes time to get my helis ready to fly for the following weekend, I need to get parts fast and from a reliable dealer. So Dan, where do you recommend I look to get some parts? Dude, you need to call up helipros.com. Tell them what you need. They'll get that out to you as fast as they can. That's helipros.com. Sounds real good. I think we'll go check it out right now. I had a I had a listener ask us a question at the last fun fly that and I, I decided that maybe we should talk about it a little bit. There's so many things that we have to buy in this hobby. And those of you and even us nitro guys, generators, if you're gonna be spending a lot of time at the field, are helpful. Almost mandatory for you electric guys, if you plan on spending any amount of time at the field. So the question was you know, when you're using those inexpensive industrial type generators and you're flying by yourself, uh, you know, if you get one of those, <laughs> please don't blast it into your neighbors because they're loud as hell, right? And they're annoying at a fun fly. Yes, they are. Yeah. But sometimes you know, a guy's, you know, you got a, two or three guys that fly together. You guys are out at the field. Part of the issue with those is the power output it's yeah it's got they're they're they have a dirty output let's just call it that so typically what that what is that (laughs) (laughs) so do i (laughs) 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 sorry so i love it basically what that that that's detrimental to microprocessors in in most all electronic equipment that's available today because it throws spiky electricity or spiky electric into these sensitive yeah i mean the the super top level view of it is you can let's compare your your nice shiny you know thousand dollar whatever it is uh honda 2000 generator right compare that to your 200 dollar pos that you picked up at harbor freight and and i'm not making fun because sometimes like you said people can't afford spending a thousand dollars on just a generator and that hasn't even gotten you a power supply or a charger or packs to put on that charger. That's a big investment. 
You you got to know that you're ready to do that. If you compare those two, and, and again, just in general, the difference is that what the Honda puts out is a nice, smooth signal. These guys produce AC power, okay? That's 120 volts, 60 hertz, just like you get out of your wall socket. Ideally, they're going to produce a nice, smooth wave, a sine wave, okay? Some of them, the the poorer quality ones, don't produce a nice, smooth sine wave. They produce what we call a square wave, okay? It gets the job done for your simple coffee pot heating elements uh you know a universal motor and like a drill or a sander or something like that but stands vibrator (laughs) (laughs) sorry wait a minute is it is it not wireless dude no not at all oh i need all the power i can get like a freaking (laughs) black and decker (laughs) them d batteries get expensive (laughs) (laughs) and heavy Okay. Meanwhile, back in the ranch. um, So that that spiky power or edgy power, as we call it, dirty power, that that kind of a signal is not processed as readily and as cleanly by more modern electronics like power supplies, computers, that sort of a thing. And so a couple of things can happen. One is either it operates really poorly the the piece of electronics that you're attempting to power or it doesn't operate at all it blows up um now for the record i've never actually experienced that i don't think any of the generators out on the market are that crappy maybe if you went back 10 or 20 years you might have run into it but nowadays all the electronics standards out there pretty much force you into a narrow box of of power quality that you know that's what you you would call it so you know is at the end of the day is it worth it to spend a thousand dollars on a honda versus two hundred dollars on an industrial generator well luckily we've got two people that have that side of the spectrum i spent a thousand dollars on a honda generator why one is because I understand that Honda's reliability is just way above all the other brands out there, and I didn't want something that I had to screw with. Two, because I also understand that they happen to be more efficient, and that means I get more charging out of the fuel that I put into it. And so to me, those were worthwhile benefits to pay extra for. But Nick, what did you buy, dude? Uh, I bought a $500 Costco now it is an inverter though. It is an inverter generator. So that that the inverter part that is what cleans the power, right? No, the inverter what the inverter does is just give you AC out. AC. That's oh, right. Okay. All right. So the way these things work is you got an engine, the engine spins, it spins a what effectively amounts to a DC motor like we've got in our helis and when you spin a motor without power Uh, you generate DC power, that DC power then basically gets sent into what you're referring to, Dan, the inverter, and that inverter, quote unquote, chops up the power, and the output is AC, 120 volts, uh, 60 hertz, just like the wall socket. Okay. Okay. 
there were generators in the past that used synchronous motors where the motor just ran or was geared to 60 hertz. And so it gave you a 60 hertz, 120 volt wave out out the output. Those don't really exist anymore nowadays. And so everything, I think, in general has an inverter. It's just the quality of the signal that's coming out of that. So, Nick, you spent 500 bucks on a Costco generator. It's yep. noisy as hell, right? Uh, it's it's noisier. It is, I would say, I'd put it in the middle. It's not a, a Harbor Freight noisy mm-hmm. at all. But the Honda, yeah, the Honda's definitely quieter at an idle, only mildly quieter at full load. Okay. And yep. do you have any issues powering your charging setup? None. So in terms of the end item use, you look at my charging setup, you look at Jesse's, who I also happen to know runs a Honda. Yep. Dan's, mm-hmm. I think you run a Yamaha, right, Dan? Yep. Same sort of level of quality as the Honda. And then you look at Nick's Costco uh, special, and they all do the same thing. I do think though that you can I think that you can the the whole number rating on them is where it gets kind of iffy. You know, Honda like the 2000 watt, they'll run what 1600 1600 continuous. Okay. Continuous. I don't think that mine'll quite do that. Okay. I think that it is lower on that aspect and when it does get it does not have as good of an eco throttle mm-hmm. as the Honda does and also the the initial kick on it won't handle what a Honda can like um, the transient like the uh, AC in your trailer yeah, yeah. the AC yeah, in my trailer it wouldn't it would probably run it once the AC was running but it won't fire it off yeah, when we a Honda will. Yeah, we hooked my Honda up to it last summer, and it, and and it, it did. Yeah, it did fire it, it off. Yep. So, you know, man, five hundred dollars difference. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's so a tough one. It, it, are those limitations worth spending an extra five hundred dollars to eliminate? If if it gets the same lifespan, no. However, <laughs> my my one big caveat here is that if mine died tomorrow. I wouldn't be pissed. Would you go right. and buy like, another? Because, or would you go uh, and buy a Honda? That's a really tough question. I, I honestly, I couldn't answer that because it's it would just kind of depend. I mean, if my Honda bought, died tomorrow that I bought at the same time, I would be pissed because I that is what I expect to get out of the difference. Right. Me personally. That's what yeah, I expect. Is the reliability. In the price. Is the reliability. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't really care if it says 2200 on the front and it pulls 16 or if it says 2000 and it pulls 16 doesn't matter if it if it produces enough power for what i need two eye chargers then i'm happy anything above that is just added weight you know i'm not really worried about that but if i pay more i expect more lifespan for sure my generator has, has uh treated me pretty well it's a 2400 and it runs at tw- uh, 2000 it does have enough. It does. It can jumpstart my AC in my trailer, but I've I've got a little little uh, 
I guess, a procedure that I have to go through. If I want to fire up my AC in my trailer, I have to go to my uh, breaker box and turn off every breaker except for the AC. Start the AC up. I turn I turn the AC fan on, let it run for 30 seconds, and then turn the AC compressor on. And once it's on, I can turn all the other breakers on and use the tra- use anything in the trailer. Mm-hmm. With, you know, within reason. Coffee pot. Oh, dude. About that. Uh, Every <laughs> time we fired that thing up last weekend at the Fun Fly, Nick's generator was like, please help. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. We're sitting out there like middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's one o'clock in the afternoon. We're just sitting there BSing. Keep in mind, I, I drove my electric in. So uh, I'm not even charging batteries. And all of a sudden you hear Nick's generator. <laughs> yep. What the hell is that thing up to now? It's like, oh, do you turn the coffee pot off? Ooh, nope. All right. So there's one other question that I have uh, when it comes to, and this goes back to the industrial style generators. A lot of guys are using the uh, computer power supplies mm-hmm. and does that help filter out that that uh, bad power, the unclean power? If the supply can handle the dirty power, then, yeah, then you should get a, a sufficiently clean DC signal out, out its output, right? We got 12-volt, 20-volt, or 24-volt power supplies uh, to run run your charger. I think if if the generator that you had... And this may be going out on a limb a little bit. It may not be entirely true. But if the generator that you have is crappy enough to be concerned, you're probably going to blow up your power supply. Yeah. In a way, I guess that's a that's a good check for you. And again, like I said, I've never heard of anyone blowing up their power supply in the hobby on the types of generators that people have tried to use. And I think that's just a sign of the times. Even your your crappy Harbor Freight generator is not going to be so bad to the point where it is just incapable of running the kinds of loads that we want to run. Now, it may not have the reliability or the overall performance or efficiency like Nick was talking about on the Costco generator, but it should get the job done. If you can get it started, it should be all right. Oh, oh yeah. For, for Harbor Freight, absolutely. If it comes with all of the parts, then it's, you're, I mean, you probably already got your money's worth. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the, you know, the, the trend of the computer server power supplies is a really big one, too. They're very resilient. I mean, yeah. very resilient. And they are made to be workhorses. So I think that is correct. Yep. Yeah. They take a beating. Let me give you some advice, guys. If you are, look, if that's what you can need to get and that's what you get, that's great. But bring about a hundred foot extension cord with you. Please, a hundred foot minimum and hide it behind as many other vehicles as possible. (laughs) That way it's hardly noticeable. Well, it's noticeable, but it's. You know, it's it's not blah, right in someone's face because they are loud. There, there's a couple considerations. First, uh, as Nick mentioned, assess your needs and plan for growth because the last thing you want to have to do is buy a new generator next year. If someone came up to you and said, Justin, should I get this generator or should I just save up and get a, a better generator, a Honda or a Yamaha or, 
you know, something to that effect. If, if, if money's not an issue, and what I mean by that is eventually you're able to save up enough to get a Honda or a Yamaha or something like that, that would be my personal suggestion. And the reason I say that is you know you're getting a quality product, you're getting your money's worth, and it's one less piece of equipment or tool in your toolkit that you don't have to worry about causing you trouble. At the end of the day, what we want to do is just go and fly. We want it to work. We don't want to have to tweak with crap. And so that's sort of my philosophy on it. That said, if you can't afford a, you know, an eight, nine hundred thousand dollar generator, then look into some of the more, you know, the mid ranges. Um, Nick talked about the Costco generator for five hundred. It's unlikely you're going to find a generator that is just so poor quality that it can't run any of your your equipment um, unless you're buying the $99 Harbor Freight special. I personally would stay away from Harbor Freight, but once you get into the few hundred dollar range, I think you're probably going to get something that's at least decent. Guys, it's coming up quick. Can you believe how fast it's coming up? Three weeks, man. I know. It's crazy. And we got a lot to do. I just, I have such a deep, profound respect for people that put on fun flies every year now. I just never realized what it takes, how much time and effort it takes to do something like this. <laughs> it, I, I'm so looking forward to it, though. My gosh, I just cannot wait. I I, uh, I got to admit, though, I'm getting a little anxious. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, we're coming up. I mean, uh, I'll be leaving for Spokane in, in two weeks. You know, I'll get there. I'll get there about a week early. Oh, man. And, be uh, nice. oh my gosh, we, uh, all the arrangements have been made. We've, we're, you know, we're just kind of cruising right in on the, on the last little bit. Uh, of course, uh, we did have, uh, you know, a lot of support, especially from the guys that showed up at Othello. You know, we expect uh, a lot of those, those guys to show up and I, I just can't wait, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nick's not talking. Are you nervous, Nick? Uh, no, I'm just I'm I'm just sitting here soaking up the thought of the moment. <laughs> so so, yeah. so Nick and I have made a, a resolution that um, come Sunday, it's fly day. It's relax and just and revel in the fact that we just threw an awesome event. Yeah, yeah. And just enjoy That's some what flying. We're do and uh, so definitely, if you guys want to hang out, you don't have to go back to work on Monday. Yeah, we'll be hanging gonna, out. Yeah, in it's fact, we're we're staying we're staying all Sunday, aren't we, Nick? You and yep. I are traveling together. I think we're not coming back until Monday. Yeah, so same here, right? freaking, you know, come on out and hang out. That's when we're going to be able to get our flying in because Friday and Saturday, yeah. dude, it's just going to be balls to the wall. Yeah, we've got so many cool things planned, and and um, you know, there's going to be some production companies there. We've said it before, and of course. Very generous donations from from many manufacturers. First and foremost, RCO Dine, thank you guys for stepping up and and allowing us to do things that we otherwise couldn't do. Uh, I mean, geez, like the list goes on. Ken from Lower Hell is going to be there. Patrick's going to be there. I, has we have we got? Is Dave from Progressive going to show up? You know, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to make it or not. I know he sent us a a, a very generous. Little giveaway package that we got, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to make it. I, I, it's it was really weird. Uh, the only place that I've ever seen any, uh, you know, like 
just like written information or dates is of course the stuff that we've done. And, and when we were at Othello, um, Ken from Laura Helly had some t-shirts made up, not for our fun fly, but kind of a list on the back of the shirt of events he's going to this year. Mm-hmm. And it just was this stark reminder, this reality, because, oh my God, this really has to happen now because Ken has shirts made and it says RCLA Nation. It does, dude. That, <laughs> Didn't it? That, that caught me off guard too. It's weird. I mean, because it, I mean, it, this isn't real. I, I'm just, I, I just, can you guys remember when we just first started talking about this? At first, like, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. We'd be okay if only like, you know, 20, 25 people showed up. Yeah, 30. 30 would, yeah. Be in fact, 30 is the baseline. That's what we'll, we'll assume. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. That's what we have. So here we are. I mean, we got guys, we've got Soko Heli Tools. We've got, um, you know, Brian uh, Backburner. He He's sending some straps. We've got Gen Zace sending some stuff. Heli Pros is going to say, wait till you see what these guys send us. Oh, my gosh. We've got. Uh, oh my God! Who who else? Help so me we're gonna this. have to lock up this table at night. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have on the way in route for our Canadian listeners. In route, <laughs> like that. In route, eh? Are you gonna do uh, the overturned yeah. semi on the honor? No, no, no. We don't make semi jokes around here anymore. After that whole freaking <laughs> bridge fell down. After they took out Ooh, a bridge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good point. Wow. Uh, we have in in route to my house a nice, very nice. Care package donation giveaway package from Scorpion. Shoot. Sweet. Yeah, Scorpion, uh, Skookum. Uh, it's just Heli Command. List. Uh, yeah, Bavarian we, Demon. We've got um, Random Heli. I'm right here on my desk. I've got two boxes. I mean, I think I've got enough skid clamps here for. I haven't opened the boxes yet, but I'm thinking six Helis or eight Helis. Of various nice. sizes. I've got, we've got two Soko Heli tools to give away. Gen's Ace. Gen's Ace. Blades, spin blades. <sighs> yep. Man, it's going to be awesome. You know, we're going to have events from beginners to advanced, plenty of room for people to fly. Dude, Morgan Fuel. Morgan Fuels. Oh, oh Morgan yeah, Fuels. dude. Yeah, a case of fuel from Morgan Fuels. So you guys can experience the goodness that is the nitro. Yeah. Dude, an entire case, and I cannot entire sign case. up for this raffle. Yeah, that's what I'm seriously. Saying, an entire case of nitro. That's like a whole year for Justin, dude. dude I've like got a- two <laughs> years worth then because I just got two cases. Holy cow! <laughs> that's You're like set. a weekend for me. Well, not this past. Dude, that's week. like before anything. lunchtime for you. <laughs> I just too many. I mean, I think we got them all. I hope we forgot them all, and if we. You know, if we've forgotten you, we apologize. But man, ton of support, lots of manufacturers, lots of retailers. The guys from Heli Pros are going to come out. Uh, Pinion's going to be out. Doug Darby's going to be out. Can't forget about Tim Jones. He's going to come out. And um, have we heard? Uh, has anybody heard? Is Kenny McDonald or is he not even flying anymore? I don't know. Not I sure what he's up to. He'll be there. That'll be good to get him out there, man. I got to tell you this. Uh, uh, looking forward to the other events uh, this season as well up here in the Northwest. Of course, we've got uh, Snohomish coming up right after ours. Or is it? It is right after ours, isn't it? In it's uh, it's going to be August 16th through the 18th. 
It's in August. Yep. And Brooks is in July. Brooks is in July. Yep. There's also going to be, I think there's another one in July, and I'm forgetting what it is. That's Chris's. Oh, story. that's the Rotary Motion Hobbies. Yeah. Rotary yep. Motion Chris is going to have his in July. We've got our Facebook page. We're nearing 2,000. Tell your friends. We're going to come up with some kind of giveaway for that. Also to our, our uh, webpage, we've got the chat box there. We've also got the forum. No word yet on the on the mobile application. Uh, when we find out, trust me, you will be the first to know. You can also sign up for our newsletter. Jesse has done a fantastic job with that. And that is also on our webpage as well. The shirt pre-order is in. It is in the hands of the printer. When those are done, we will be sending those out. I ordered quite a few extra. We will be bringing some to our fun fly. Unfortunately, if you didn't get your pre-order in, those sizes will be limited because I just kind of looked at the orders based off those, decided which sizes I should get. And obviously, Mm -hmm. we don't want to... I just got your standard sizes, so... Uh, a few of each. If you're looking for a shirt, you're going to be at our fun fly. Uh, that's a great time. Get them while supplies well. last. Look for those soon. I will let you guys know Facebook on the show whenever whenever I hear uh, they're in. I expect them in probably in a week, a week and a half. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that, man? Uh, send me over an email at nick at rchelynation.com. Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You could send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com or try to catch me on our chat box or in the forums. And Jesse. Definitely shoot me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com. I am Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com or Dan K. Reed on our forum. And that wraps up episode number 87. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will see you next Monday. Later, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you in part by HeliPros, KDE Direct, Progressive RC, and Jens Ace Batteries. We thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. (laughs) 